Hello and welcome to the Next Steps podcast from Citywide Baptist Church. At Citywide, it's really important to us that uh, we acknowledge the traditional owners of this land in, in Tasmania. And um, fortunately for us, we actually have one of the traditional owners of this land with us, Pastor Paul Dare. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, I'd like to just to take this time to acknowledge um, elders past, present and future. But it's just more than that, isn't it? It's like they've looked after the community, they've looked after land, they've looked after sea, they've looked after air and all the things around it, the waters, the oceans. And they did that for thousands of years. And now, now they do feel displaced. And we do feel displaced. And me as a proud Lyapucha man, just know that the displacement is real. The pain is real. The loss of the loss of connection is real and, the, and we strive to get that back and this church is doing its best to try and help that process and understand that process, which is just, we all need to grow into it. It's not just something that can happen overnight. And you know, years ago when they welcomed other people to the country, it was, it was in fellowship, it was there to take as much as the land would give and not anything else. And, you know, I think about that often with church and God, you know, to me, Church is the same, you know, we're there to get what we want out of it and we're to take what we want. We're not to take stuff to the point of where it hurts other people, where it does damage to people. And the Holy Spirit's there to guide us and we just need to listen to him in that area. But most of all, I just, I'm just really, really pleased that we get this opportunity to acknowledge country and to welcome you to it. So I welcome you in peace and wherever you may be listening or watching, I hope you have an awesome day. Thanks. Thank you, Paul. My name is Matt Henderson. I'm one of the elders at Citywide Baptist Church. And today I'm joined by Matt Garvin, the senior pastor of Citywide, Pastor Paul Dare, and Anne Herbert, who's one of the teaching team members Hello. of Citywide Baptist Church. So here on the Next Steps podcast, we talk about and we wrestle with what it means to actually take the next steps in following Jesus. And one of the ways we do that is we get stuck into the meat of uh, what we talked about at church on Sunday. So uh, Matt, what did we talk about at church on Sunday? It feels like we're into a pretty important discussion and it, and it gets down to the heart of what does it actually mean to be a follower of Jesus? Uh, I started yesterday by referencing John 10, 10 and the, the reality that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And Jesus says, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. This, this beautiful promise that Jesus promises is life. Uh, but not all of us live in that life he promises. And, and the life he promises this side of eternity is a gradual process of naming and sort of stepping into. And, and uh, part of the reason for that uh, is that we... We all uh, have wrong beliefs. And we showed, again, the belief tree on Sunday. I don't know, Matt, but I might just show people that who are watching on video. If you're listening on audio, it's not going to be particularly helpful. Uh, but this is the belief tree we showed on Sunday. Uh, and uh, the, the heart of it is that uh, while we might come to faith in Jesus, the fundamental beliefs we have about who we are, who the world is, and, and uh, our place in the world, that, that takes a, it's a gradual process of uh, change. And, and 
for all of us. We're, we talked last week about the civil law that goes on inside us, that there is, there is part of us that is self-interested. There's part of us that is, uh, that is beautiful. And often we don't know the difference. And so we live these partial lives and uh, Jesus invites us to live according to his way. And as we do, that confronts our fundamental beliefs. And as, we, that, as he confronts our fundamental beliefs, it actually changes what we think is best what we do and the results that are produced and and the results in the bible there's this often this talk about fruit and and, and the and jesus says by their fruit you'll know them that that most of us have partial fruit we have fruit that's great and fruit that's not so great and we need to be honest about that stuff and so as we talked about that we said we want to be a church that's full of people who are increasingly focused on Jesus and decreasingly living from the wrong beliefs that hold them back from life. And uh, I, there's this one metaphor, I, I referenced it in, from one Peter, that the Apostle Paul uses the same metaphor as though it's a bad thing. And Peter says, no, this is a good thing. And so it can be a bit confusing when you're reading your Bible. But Peter says, uh, rid yourselves of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, and every kind. Like new, newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk. Paul says, you know, grow up and get past the milk. But Peter's saying, yeah, no, get into the milk. Because uh, what he's saying is stop trying to fill your life with other forms of sustenance. Fill your life with what is true. Uh, fill your life with the spiritual milk that only comes from Jesus. So that by it, you may grow up in your salvation. And that's really what we're talking about that the, the heart of the the message on sunday was introducing people to the the process of what it means to grow up in their salvation what does it mean to become more and more mature and the, i'll just show you we at the, the at the end of the first part of the message i introduce people to this process of discipleship which we'll talk more about but the idea that if we're if we're really to grow uh, up in our salvation ultimately it's about focusing on jesus but the only way to do that is by taking time to reflect to allow the holy spirit to help us recognize what is healthy and unhealthy to choose jesus way over our normal ways of doing stuff and then to, to actually act and, and do it uh, and that stuff if we can continually act it produces habits that produce character that that actually change our life and so I love, I sort of, I landed the, the first part of the message by, by quoting Galatians. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That's kind of the, the summary and the heart and this question of what does it actually mean to grow up in your salvation, to become more and more mature and more and more free. That was the, that was kind of the, the that's the thumbnail sketch of what we talked about on the, the first part of the message. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. And I think it's important to say um, any of the graphics that we show in the podcast are available in the sermon notes, which are linked in the description of the podcast. Very so helpful. You can find them. Um, and uh, how, how do you respond to what Matt had to say? Um, look, I think I was talking to uh, someone after the service yesterday, and um, he had written, he'd read. Um, part of the gospel story and he shared it with me and it was about um, when Jesus called Peter no, um, yeah, I think it was Peter and John and James and Andrew 
And he said, come and follow me. And they dropped their nets. They stopped doing what they were doing and they followed him. Now, he had, they, they met this man who um, they could see was a different hand, could perform these miracles and they understood that there was something really special about Jesus. And they were prepared to throw their lot in with him. And um, Matt mentioned, I think it was last week or this week, can't remember which servant, but he mentioned The Chosen, um, a video that's online. And if you haven't watched it, I really encourage you to go in and have a look at it because you do meet the man Jesus. And you see there's a particular scene where he calls um, Peter and Andrew and James and John, and you see. And what you also see is when they said yes, they didn't really have a clue what they were saying yes to, and nor to, in many ways do we. When we say yes to Jesus, he has a journey to take us on. And he knows we don't understand everything that we're signing up for, just like his disciples didn't. They were committed to him, but they were still who they were and they still had pasts and they still had things they needed to work on. And that's one thing about The Chosen. It shows that beautifully. And it shows Jesus' love and joy and humour in relationship with his people. And his relationship with us can be the same. And he works with us and he walks with us. And when we sign up to him, that is, I think, just the best thing. Mm. Um, doesn't change us overnight, but he brought his love and compassion come with us. And change. One of the things that Matt talked about on Sunday was the, the trap that we can often fall into, that it's very easy to fall into, particularly in Western churches, of um, choosing to uh, believe in Jesus and put your trust in Jesus, but they're not actually doing anything about that, not actually following Jesus at all. Um, Paul, I, I, I don't know what we do about that, that danger. How do, we, uh, how do we approach that? How do we approach it? That's an interesting one because I think until you realise you can be free, you know, when Matt talked about being free, mm. and I think until you realise the freedom it brings, it's really, really hard to actually um, to experience it and to actually want to do it because you go, it's almost like when you first come to Jesus, you get that emotional high, that that high when the Holy Spirit fills you and it's just, it's just amazing you're floating on air. And it's like everything. You can't live on the mountaintops all the time. You've got to go through valleys. And it becomes a choice when you go through the valleys. And I think that's where you need good Christian friends around you, people to encourage you. And, and sometimes it gets hard and sometimes it is hard, but with people around you to encourage you and, you know, and there's sometimes it requires perseverance. You know, you have to run the race and sometimes it just takes time for these things to happen. And going through the troughs is where you have a choice also is whether you learn from like reflect and grow or whether you stay the same. And so, yeah, I just think it's conviction from the Holy Spirit and it becomes about choice again. Mm. You, you choose whether to ignore the Holy Spirit or take what the Holy Spirit's trying to say to you and 
and change your ways. I think I answered that in a roundabout way. That's okay. Matt, one of the things you talked about yesterday was that we need to watch watch our inputs mm. that we're that we're letting into our lives. Do you want to tease that out a bit? Yeah, I, I really uh, bouncing off the one Peter uh, verse. I, I actually think this is one of the major challenge challenges for Christians in the twenty first century because uh, there are a whole lot of other people trying to manage our inputs for us. There are algorithms trying to manage our inputs for us. And uh, we are shaped by the inputs we let into our lives. We are shaped by the friends we have, by the stuff we watch, by the things we read. And I think that's what Peter's reaching out. He's saying, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. We can all see people who get off onto little uh, side roads and get up, get into side issues in Christianity and get all hepped up about all kinds of stuff. But, but ultimately the question is, are you becoming more and more like Jesus or not? And, 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 uh, and, and that only happens if you let him be in charge. That's, that was the quote I read from Tozer where he says, look, uh, one of the great dangers, and he calls it a heresy in the Western church, is that people think they come to Jesus for salvation, but they put off him being Lord. And there's no indication in the Bible that's possible. Uh, that, and it raises all kinds of interesting theological questions. But, but I, I do think uh, being the curators of our input is such an important thing for each of us because there's so much noise. There, there are just, it is bizarre. I, mean, I remember going to a video shop and feeling like there were so many movies to choose from and it took us ages to choose a movie. Uh, now I, I opened my Apple TV and um, I, it, it's, you, have, you have so much to choose from. You don't even know where to start. Like there's so much stuff on Netflix and Amazon and Apple TV plus and, and there's so many, like on YouTube, these algorithms just keep feeding stuff. And if you start to look, you know, go down the rabbit hole of a conspiracy theory, the, 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 uh, the algorithm will feed you more and more and more to the point where you believe almost anything. So it's just, this is social media. There's so much stuff we get, our, our lives get flooded with. And so I, I think the, the whole thing of learning to curate our inputs is one of the most important spiritual challenges facing Christians today. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I, I do. I do tend to agree with that. Like, there's a I don't remember who said it. The, the, there was a, a famous quote about that you're being shaped all the time by something. Like something is mm. shaping you. Yeah. And um, if it's not Jesus, it's something else. Absolutely. It was Bob Dylan who's saying you've got to serve somebody. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that, and that is absolutely true. Like, and, and uh, there's a, there's a, a secular, uh, very famous novelist who, who said, you got to choose carefully what you serve because it'll eat you alive. Mm. Uh, but all of us are serving something. Uh, and it may be money. It may be, fame and fortune it, it, it may be physical health it may be something maybe maybe even family or but if 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 there is an ultimate thing in your life that thing is god uh and it's so important 
to because like, that that thing will will be the death of you uh, unless it's jesus ultimately mm. Mm. and so just to throw this open to the to the group i mean what kind of uh strategies and and ways can we um you know find what can we do to find inputs that are helpful to draw us closer to jesus i mean there's the obvious one of read your bible um but what other things can we do as christians to find ways to be healthily shaped i think it i think that's the real challenge that i mean most of us can name some things that obviously will not help you grow in god you know obviously some bad inputs we can all name bad inputs actually find the challenges in with the good inputs for one of a better term like um in church is a classic example where i've seen ministries go too long because god's not in it anymore but they feel like it's a good thing to do and i think that's where the challenge is so you, you talk about knowing and recognizing god and I, I just i think just because it's good for society uh, this might sound really bad it's good for society or, or society thinks it good thinks it is good it doesn't mean that's what God wants you to be doing. And so when we talk yeah. about inputs shaping your life, I just, the inputs are so critical, but I think you just need discernment as well when it comes to inputs. So you've not only got to, you know, and this is where the drama or the, and this is where people fall down. You've, you've not only got to listen to God and discern, you've not only got to say, this is a good input as opposed to a bad input, which most of us can, then you've got to discern when you get what you actually spend your time on, on those inputs. And it just, it really really does become quite a battle and and that you know and how you spend those inputs like there's christian people out there who will lead you up a garden path if you give them half mm -hmm. a chance yeah, they love right. god they love god but they just they will lead you up the garden path and i think that's the real danger when we look talk about you know inputs is how do we regulate what who gives us our inputs and how do we actually absorb them is another thing. So, like, you know, you can listen to Christian podcasts all day and end up completely up the wrong track really easy. Mm. You can listen to... And so it is a challenge. And there's no right or wrong answer except for listening to the Holy Spirit and, and having mm. a, a group of people you can talk to. Yeah, I think prayer... Listen to the Holy Spirit. And I think prayer is part of it. And prayer can look, prayer doesn't have to be a set formula. Prayer doesn't have to be a set position that you hold. It doesn't have to be um, a ritual, or it can be. You might find that really helpful as a way of entering into prayer. Um, if we think of prayer as simply being in a, allowing yourself to be in a place of mind and um, and, and heart and attitude where you're prepared to actually um, listen to God and talk with God, mm. um, then, and that might be through um, a song, it might be through silence, it might be through using your body and dance, it might be by through um, art, if that's something that where you really feel released into um, communicating with God and communing with him. And what happens in those, those times is that God connects 
with us. <laughs> and and I, it's hard to explain that in any other way, but um, prayer, spending time with God is a wonderful way to get input. And as Paul said, that when the Holy Spirit has the opportunity to um, whisper and breathe into um, your mind, Hmm. into your being. I I think that's very true, Anne, and I think it it points back to something that Matt's talked about a lot over the last couple of years is is this idea that in our culture, in, in, in our Western culture in particular, we're so busy and distracted uh, or at least we we think we're so busy and we often are not taking time to actually stop and um, listen and mm-hmm. Matt many times you've talked about the importance of Sabbath I, I, I just wonder if you want to expand on on that for the for, for the podcast here well uh, what's interesting for me is I think what we're doing is, actually mapping out the journey we've talked about in this discipleship thing and that we unpacked in the second part of the the message i wonder if i pull that up again yeah you can see what we what we've even started doing as we wrestle with it we've been talking about the inputs uh, which is down there in the bottom arrow there and saying we because i introduced that in the first part of the message Mm. but in the second part of the message i said look uh We've got to, like Anne's been saying, we've got to create the space to reflect. And that really is the start of the journey. You actually need, there's no, there's no way around it. You've got to create space between you and God. Like you will not follow Jesus unless you have space in your life to get off the treadmill enough to stop and reflect and pray. And it's then, and it's what both Paul and Anne were saying, that we then need the Holy Spirit to show us stuff. We can't force it or... We actually need the Holy Spirit to turn up and to to gradually take us by the hand and help us recognise what is healthy and unhealthy, what does need to change. Uh, and I, I and as part of that, as we start to recognise what needs to change, that's when we need the input. Often mm. people want to give us the input that tells us where they think they know what needs to change for us. And that's not particularly helpful because uh, they're not the Holy Spirit, but I, what I, one of the things I pointed to as we talked about input uh, is that there's this pattern in the church that there were meant to be different kinds of gifts. Uh, and I reckon we need all those different kinds of inputs. The apostle is you, you need people who are, who are calling you out to a bigger picture, to a different vision, and, and you need that kind of input. You need the prophetic, the, the, peop- the, the voices of people who are just, dissatisfied with how things are and are saying this has to be different things and and who are upset about the injustices and wrongs of the world we need those kind of inputs we need the the prophetic inputs we need the uh, evangelist kind of inputs this is all from ephesians chapter four Mm. the the people who call us back to it's it's ultimately about jesus and we're here to jesus uh and we need the the pastor teachers, the people, we need the pastors, the people who will just love us and teach us to care for ourselves and others and, and understand the, the human side of it, but also the teachers that help us have the frameworks to make sense of life. I, I actually think Paul in saying that the, when, the, when the church is at its best, Jesus has given the apostles, the prophets, prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers. He's saying these are the, 
the gifts that are needed. And he says that, so the body of Christ will be built up and each person will find their work of service. And so I think you need, it's tempting, like depending on, often if you're more pastorally inclined, you'll tend to hang around with other pastors and be scared of the, the, the prophets that will want to tell you about how everything's wrong. Uh, or uh, if you are sort of more administratively inclined, the last thing you person you want to talk to is a person that keeps coming up with new ideas and big visions and things. And so you'll avoid the, the apostolic kind of people. But I, I, I do think that that picture is a picture of the kinds of input we need that call us out of the status quo. And then in this model, uh, we are then called on the basis of getting that kind of input, we're then called to make some choices. Hmm. And, and, and then and then to put those choices into action. And that's that really was, I'll, I'll stop sharing the diagram now for those who are watching on video, but the, yeah. that really was the the heart of what we were trying to say on Sunday, that what, what both Paul and Anne have been saying, we we got to reflect. And, and I do think that God built into our weeks time of reflection. The, the idea of having a Sabbath is to have time off so the dust can settle and you can spend time with God and reflect and with your family. One of the dangers is we end up filling it with watching TV or whenever we, I, I think that there, are, there is good inputs and there's bad inputs and then there's inputs that just waste your time. Uh, and uh, there are so many of them. So, so we, I, I think we need weekly times of reflection. We need daily times of reflection. But then we need the, to be recognizing, okay, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? And, and then what do I do about that? And, and I think one of the dangers is unless we do stuff with the th stuff that God shows us, we end up on a treadmill where we just keep having the same realizations over and over and over and over and nothing changes. And one of the I things that can cause that as well, I think, is when we are not intentional about the decisions we make. When we we just sort of, uh, it's easy to do, you know, you're tired, you, you come home from work or from study or whatever, and you sit down and you watch TV for a couple of hours because you, you're tired and you don't want to think about anything. You know, there, there, there are so many times during our week where we, we'll, we kind of just uh allowing things to happen to us rather than actually making intentional choices like there's nothing wrong with sitting down and watching a movie but actually do it mm. don't just you know zone out to the tv there's nothing wrong with reading a book but actually do it um and you were going to say something oh i was just going to say there's a a story that i woke up this morning it was in my mind it's it's from um um, the Gospel of Luke, and it's right near the end of the Gospel. It's after Jesus went through the crucifixion and the resurrection. And it's a story of two men who were very, very confused. And one of the things like Paul talks, you know, how do we know? And and, off, and, and, and I can hear people saying, well, you know, how am I supposed to know when all, there's all this stuff going on? You know, Matt's just been talking about how the new, you know, the, we get, got these algorithms that pander to what are our interests and then we go down potential rabbit holes. How do we know when something's true and when something's worthy of, a, of input? And, and Paul was talking about the same kind of thing. And we've got these two men and they're confused. They're really confused because they made a decision to follow Jesus and be his followers. And then he went and he died on the cross and that did not match with their expectations of who Jesus was and why he had come 
into that particular time. And um, and here they were wondering what was going on. And then the story says, is as they walked down the road, Jesus joined them. And as and he started to explain to them things from God's word. And it started to make sense, all the things that were going on. And they didn't recognize him, but they they began to start to get a sense of enthusiasm and their um, and excitement and um, and that confusion started to um, move away. And then they invited him at the end of the day to join them. They didn't have to do that. They chose, come, come, you know, spend some more time with us, have a meal with us. And it was during and when they when he broke bread, when Jesus broke bread, they recognized who he was and he left. And it says, and then they said, oh, it was Jesus. No wonder we were starting, our hearts were starting to burn and we were starting to feel excited and the confusion started to be um, removed. And that's, that was them. And it was Jesus taking some initiative and it was them allowing him to walk with them and, and it was them allowing him to speak and them listening to what he had to say. And I think it's just this beautiful picture of how Jesus always wants to step into our confusion. The Holy Spirit always wants to come and clarify. And as we walk our life journeys, he will come alongside of us along the way. There is no doubt. And you have a choice. You can choose to let him come and walk with you or not. And you can choose to let him in, invite him in, share a meal with you. And then, ah, oh, the aha moment. Ah, he's been with me. He's been helping me. I didn't understand it then, but now I see. And if that's a story that can help you, I hope it does. Something that really struck me uh, when Matt was preaching yesterday, and I'd be interested to get uh, your, your take on this poll, was he talked about how it was really important to not do this stuff, this making decisions about how to follow Jesus. It was really important not to do it out of guilt, that it shouldn't be coming from guilt. And I was, I was wondering um, if, you, if you wanted to give us your perspective on that. It's an interesting one, that is, it shouldn't be doing it out of guilt. Um, you, you, you shouldn't be doing it out of guilt because if you do it out of guilt, the changes won't stick as a rule. Mm -hmm. um, so you've got to do it because you want to do it and not because you feel guilty about it. Um, you may feel guilty about it, but you still want to do it. That's that's a bit different to just feeling guilty about it. Like, it's a bit like, I don't know, all the school lessons you hear, all the lessons you hear, you know, like, if you get somebody to do, want to do something, they don't want to do it, you know, it just doesn't work. An alcoholic won't change until they admit they're an alcoholic. So they've got to get to that point. So you, there's no point trying to guilt them into it. And it's the same with, you and God you can't be guilty you can't do it out of guilt you've got to do it because you want to do it and I think you may be guilty of it but you still got to want to do it and I think that's probably the the thing and it's really hard to explain in that that way but yeah that's what I'd say you've just got to want to do it mm. and I found yeah I found also over time that the Holy Spirit if the Holy Spirit really really working on you and you're open to it 
he will keep convicting you until you do something about it too. So you yeah. may feel a little, little bit guilty by the time you get to it, but yeah, don't do it out of guilt. What, what you're really talking about is a, is a heart change. And, yeah. and, and I think that's, you know, as, as we let Jesus work on us, our, our, heart, our hearts change and, and what we want to do changes because of that. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Matt, and this is, this is, sorry, just no, one go. More thing. this is one thing when Matt was speaking before that really got, I was actually thinking about it and it's to do with change. Hmm. Um, a lot of people find comfort in certain things. And when they find comfort in things, they don't want to change. And for some people, it's church. They find comfort with where they're at at church. And the point in life is whether you want to admit it or not, nothing ever stays the same. But mm. we as people try to hold on to certain things and we just don't want to change. We just want to go, I don't want to change. I, I want to stay the same. I don't want to learn new things. I like doing things this way. And it's, I was just thinking about that, you know, with the whole input things. And I just wonder whether some of our reluctance to, to actually listen to those inputs is because we just don't, we've had enough change, we've changed fatigue and all that stuff. Hmm. But I suppose my encouragement back is life is never the same. You look back a year, two years ago, pre-COVID, you know, life is never the same. You look at your kids or if you have children two years ago, life's never the same. You look at yourself in the mirror and you think oh my hair's not quite the same color anymore life's never the same you know and it's just life continually changes until the day you you go to meet jesus hopefully and we have a choice whether we embrace it or we try and rebel against it. if we embrace it i think the inputs from the holy spirit come a lot easier mm. can i also say there's a a lovely picture my picture um that came to me many years ago now, I was getting ready to go to Saudi Arabia with my family and I had to travel on my own. Dale was already in Saudi at the time. And I was praying with um, two others and it come, we'd come through the verbal prayers and we were just in this time of quiet and it, was, it became a very special time for me actually. And I looked at my friend's mantelpiece and I saw a sand picture and I'm sure you, um, many of you will be familiar with it, where there's dark and light sand framed in a, between two panes of glass. And if you shake it up and then let it settle, eventually it will settle into something quite different. But it will be this beautiful sandscape, no matter what. <laughs> and it, it was a time, I was in a time of change and flux. If you like, my sand picture had been shaken up and I couldn't see up from down I couldn't see um, with how the future was going to look at all it was a very unknown future and um, but there was some constants the frame was the pains were constant the frame was constant and that to me spoke of God's faithfulness he's always there <laughs> and sometimes too our inputs are there but we just have to see them differently and as the sand in my life settled yes there were troughs as we've talked about before and there were high points and there was light and there was dark and there were tough times and there were absolutely amazing wonderful times but then as I look back on that time I think what an amazing wonderful part of my life journey that was 
And all the time, it was framed by God and his faithfulness and his love. And, um, yeah, so we go through times of change and times of flux. Mm. But we don't do it by ourselves when we do it with God and Christ by our side. I think that's a really nice segue, actually, to uh, some of the stuff, Matt, you talked about in the second half of your message yesterday. So I don't know mm. if you wanted to share that with us now. Yeah, in some ways, we've already been touching on it. Like That's why I looked at the diagram again and, mm. and, and just said, look, it really is this journey of recognizing, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us into truth. And then, uh, and that only comes in the context of reflecting, but then choosing a different path. But as we said, not from guilt. Uh, and in our church, we've got these... Um, banners up the front of the church that say follow bless and share and and that, each of those words are an acronym talking about some of the kinds of different behaviors but i, I talked about for me how um it's not always uh, profoundly spiritual sometimes it's just getting up in the morning uh, a bit earlier is what one of the one of the spiritual disciplines or or exercise for me has become a, a bit of a spiritual discipline uh or choosing uh not to drink or choosing to fast or the whole bunch of them there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff in there uh, that uh, are disciplines that, and, 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 and often, what, we, what I said on Sunday was that you don't want to try and do it all at once. And, and usually there'll be an issue the Holy Spirit is uh, raising for you. Uh, and so there'll be specific ways you can make choices in relating, relation to that issue. There are specific, whether it's, uh, getting up earlier and having a quiet time or doing some exercise or whatever it is for you. But then it really is about having fellowship in that uh, and then doing it and, and that that stuff will produce habits. And so in many ways, the second part of the message was a bit more practical and it was focused on, and I'll just quickly show the diagram again uh, for those who are watching on video. It was just, it was focused on this is what it means to grow up in your salvation. These are choices that you can make and choices that no one can make for you. Uh, you will either choose to create space to reflect or not. You will either be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit uh, and letting and, and the Holy Spirit showing you, you know, the parts of your life that are healthy or unhealthy, or you won't be. You'll either then seek input about what can be done differently or you won't. No one can do that for you. And you'll then make the choices and those choices are yours alone. You've got to make them. Uh, and then it'll be up to you whether you act on the basis of your choices uh, and, and whether those repetitive choices become habit and actually rewire your brain. So that really was the summary of what we, I mean, it'll sound a bit repetitive and a lot of this is rocket science. We all know this stuff, but, but it really is about this, this cycle and of what it actually means to grow up in your salvation. And that it is this stuff, putting this stuff into practice that actually makes all the difference. There was one other really important thing that you talked about yesterday. And that was uh, right near the end where you talked about uh, that when, when you're following Jesus, uh, what was the wording you used? It would make that, that your life is is not easier, but it's better. And, and I I just wanted to get you to tease that out a little bit because I felt like that was important. Yeah, well, I mean, 
the Bible, Jesus says, I've come that they might have life. That's where he started the conversation. Um, but Timothy says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. Anyone, uh, there, is, uh, there is a kind of life that produces life. And, and actually, that kind of life is actually, the kind of life that produces life is actually a kind of death where you kind of, kind of die to yourself. Uh, but there's a kind of uh, life that produces death where you're just wanting to do whatever you feel like. That is a, that's the stuff that produces death. And yeah, yeah, it's not like following Jesus won't make life easier in the short term. I actually think it does make it easier in the long run. Uh, and it, it, but it, it, it will cause you to have to, discipline yourself and there's that that uh, passage from hebrews it's so true uh, no discipline seems pleasant at the time mm. but painful later on however it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it therefore strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees i, I think that harvest of right harvest of righteousness and peace uh, that's what we're talking about uh, a, a life that is increasingly becoming free and you are increasingly becoming you as you follow Jesus. And yeah, look, in the short term, it means having to discipline yourself and, and, and making choices against often what you want to do. Uh, and so that's not easy ever, but, but in the long run, it's a hell of a lot better. Like it just... I, I think, I think doing life with Jesus as well, gives it, it gives us the opportunity to have this sort of wonderful context for everything that's going on in our lives. And I, and I think, I know speaking for myself, when you, when, when you go through hard things, but, but you're, you're a follower of Jesus and you're really doing life with Jesus, it's completely different to um, if you didn't have that faith. Um, Paul, I, I saw you nodding vigorously as Matt was talking earlier. I'd like to hear your perspective. Now I, I just, I just love the idea of being free. And I think mm. it's something that, you know, like I've relearned again, and it's the, the freedom to be the best you that you can be. And I think it's just an amazing thing. You know, because we all want to be the best, the best person we can be. Well, most of us, we should, but it's how do you do it? And what, what do we use to actually judge that with? You know, like what is the best you? And I actually think about it, and it is the Holy Spirit with you know walking with jesus and becoming more christ-like each day i think it does produce the best you it produces the most free you i think it produces the most free you because grace abounds is one of the reasons and you learn to live with less you learn so many things because you're walking with jesus and i just find you you really do and and the hurts yeah they do lose a bit of sting but they still hurt the, hmm. the deep parts are still really deep but there's hope because you're walking with Jesus. Hmm. And it is one of the things, it's one of the wonderful things I think about Jesus is, well, and one of the things that as a young person, when I was a young person, lent credibility to Jesus because he doesn't promise his followers an easy life. He actually says your life's going to be hard, but hmm. I'll be with you. Hmm. And it's a wonderful promise. Um, Anne, I'd love to hear your perspective on this as well. I do want to come back to like the tree diagram 
Yeah. Um, like we're using a tree, but Jesus used um, an example of the vine. And um, I think I'd just like to share that uh, because I think it's really helpful when he says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And that pruning, I think, is that mm. disciplining that we've been talking about. So maybe I have been listening. Um, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a person remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. And if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you, which of course is in, in line with Christ's purposes. Um, and so we were talking earlier about um, sort of um, people might think well I've asked God to be my Jesus to be my savior and that's enough and Jesus says join yourself with me let me save you let my grace be enough for you but remain in me remain in me so that my grace can continually flow I can nourish you I can um, through me your roots will go down deep in love and you will bear the fruit of um, that is the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of love, the fruit um, that my father wishes you to bear and which you have been created and made to bear. And so, and that, so I guess all of today we've been talking about what does it mean to remain mm. in Jesus mm. um, as part of the vine, as part of the tree of righteousness so yeah yeah um i guess one question i have in my mind matt we, we don't have mitchell with us this week um and so we, we're kind of missing that younger person's perspectives but if we if we if we did want to talk to a younger person about this stuff how how would how would we do that like what kind of how would you explain this stuff to a to a young christian well, I don't think it's complicated. I wish it was. I actually said that on Sunday. I wish, I wish it was complicated because then we have a reason not to worry about it. Uh, but uh, I, I think the same for young people it is the same. It, often it's more pointy in that they have more social media engagements, more voices, more noise. So getting space to reflect is a harder challenge. But I, I'd be talking them through this process of, I mean, what does it mean for you is what Anne's saying. And it's what I think Jesus is saying. I, had, I actually had the, 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 that vine picture metaphor in the back of my brain as we were looking at the, um, the tree and 
the tree diagram and it's just clear life you can do life on your own or you can do life with jesus life with jesus is better uh it may not be easier but it's certainly better uh and i actually do think in the long run because you know he made you living life in his pattern is actually ultimately easier in the long run it's not necessarily easier in the short run uh you but uh I, I think that's the kind of conversation I'd, I'd be wanting to have with everybody. And I, I, I think uh, that, that journey, that, that for them to know for, that the Bible doesn't expect you to be perfect. It, it, and in fact, anybody who is trying to act as though they're perfect, you'd be worried about them. The Bible assumes this is a journey uh, and it is the journey of reflecting recognizing what is healthy and unhealthy choosing to do differently and and acting that is going to be those four things are going to be the cycle of your life unless you are getting stuck and if you're getting stuck then you'll just be repeating the same things over and over again you won't be moving forward but this is what it means to move forward getting these things established in your life means that it becomes increasingly easy to focus on jesus uh, and you become increasingly freer, uh, but it's it's not it's not going to this side of eternity get to a point where you won't need be needing to do this stuff. Mm. And I think um, part of growing, um, you know, like Paul talked about, you know, when I was young, I thought like a child, and then I grew up, and I started thinking differently, and I, whether I liked it or not, I had to take on adult responsibilities. Now, which, whether if you're a young person. Um, you're growing up, but and you may want to stay in a childlike state. I don't know, but I think most people love. I know when I was young, I liked the idea of looking a little bit older than I actually was, and um, but I also liked the idea of a future ahead of me that was worth looking forward to. Now I know that not every young person has that view of the future. But I think the thing about we're walking a journey with Jesus is that even though you don't know what's in your future, um, even though you might have lots of unknowns and uncertainties and you might be struggling with certain, um, you know, taking on more and more responsibilities that go with um, growing into adulthood, um, that Jesus is there and you have the hope that as you trust him, he's holding you, mm-hmm. he's got you. And, yeah, you're going to have some, whether you like it or not, and we've all, as we grow into our self, we learn this, and sometimes the hard way, that there are things that will go wrong. <laughs> Life isn't all, you know, rosy, but he goes with us. And, um, and we can trust him for whatever the outcome looks like. And I've seen what it looks like for people when they do not have that trust, when they do not, when when they're not sure what's going to happen next, and they don't have a God they can trust, so that they know that whatever happens, He's with them and He's got them. Mm. And I think that is a wonderful. That's a tremendous reassurance. Um, and even as people um, have to walk into and and when we look at this um, diagram, um, it's actually a journey of growing up. This is what 
needs to happen as you grow up. Mm. Um, and this is what growing up in Jesus and Christ and your understanding and your faith is all about. Um, and um, and even if you, you know, like bodies continue to grow and age, whether we want them to or not, and we can choose to make that a good aging process, or we can fight it or, and we can ignore what we really need to be taking on. And I think what this is an invitation to do is to um, embrace the challenge and enjoy the challenge because hmm. there's a lot to enjoy. I also think for for younger people in particular, I'm going to come back to something that I said earlier about perspective. It's really easy, I think, I mean, for anybody, but particularly for people who are younger, that everything that happens can feel like such a big deal. Everything that happens in your life can feel like such a big deal. And I think that when you've got Jesus in your life, it can, yeah, it can give you a wonderful sort of perspective on things. A, a lot of things don't seem like such a big deal when you've actually got that relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, whereas for somebody who doesn't, there's, you know, they're, they're sort of blown around in the wind. They've got nothing to hold on to. Um, yeah. Uh, Paul, I, I don't know if, if that rings true to you or not. I was thinking about that. I, it is true. Like I was thinking for younger people, they tend to catastrophize things a lot more than the older people do. Um, and I was just reflecting why when you were speaking, and I think it's because they live in their own circles a bit more, if that makes sense. They haven't got the life experience to live outside their own circles. And I, I, and, and I agree with what Anne said, you know, life is amazing and we, we have to make choices and the choices we make depends on where we end up in certain ways. Walking with God's the same. We have to make choices. But I was just thinking about uh, the challenges for more mature Christians is to walk alongside these younger ones. Mm -hmm. you know, we, I, I was thinking about nuclear families. I was thinking about the extended families and communities that used to be like the village raised a child. You know, that, that's a classic saying. It takes your yeah, village raised a child. But these days, because of the circles everyone moves in, the, their village is all, all of the same age group, for want of a better term. And so it just, we have to get that village happening in the church. And I think a lot of those questions will be answered more naturally and more what God wanted and how God wanted, rather than trying to have to necessarily work it out by themselves or, you know, having to raise the courage to go and speak to the pastor or anything like that. I think that whole mentoring, walking besides, growing in a village, I think that becomes so important when we talk about living and growing and, and changing and, and becoming better and more like Christ each day. And I, I was just reflecting, even doing these podcasts for myself, I find myself reflecting and growing more in Christ, more than if I didn't do it. You know, like, so, I, and, and I've been a Christian for a while. So, you know, like, it's just, we have to be around like-minded people. We have to be around Christians who, who encourage us and see us and want us to grow. And I think if you, and we have to learn to mix because we are all different. We have to learn to mix and actually be with others and show them what Christ means as well. Mm. Yeah, and I think well. the other thing is it's not just about older people and those who are more mature in the faith um, helping and coming alongside of those who are younger, but also mm. the other way around. Oh, absolutely. I think we have 
those of us who've been walking the journey with Jesus for longer have a lot to learn from those who are new in their faith. Mm. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, speaking as someone who works with youth, uh, it, it can be really energizing sometimes to interact with young Christians as well, like it, yeah, because they have a, a whole different life energy about them than, than us sort of middle-aged folks. Uh, Matt, could you give us a preview about what we're going to talk about next week? Well, next, year, next week, we're going deeper. We're going to look at really camp out on the whole thing of reflection. What does it mean to actually have the space to look in the mirror and pray? Like, what does it mean to build that time into your day and into your week, into your year? And uh, like I've, I've said it a couple of times now, I don't think you can actually follow Jesus without having time for him in your day and uh, in your week. So it's, it's a bit practical. And over the coming weeks, we'll be making our way around that diagram and talking about each one of those stages and, and what does it mean. Uh, the only exception to that will be the following week. Uh, so reflection this week, and then the following week will be live from Poatina, where we'll uh, uh, be having our church camp. And so uh, it'll be a, a slightly different style church service and a slightly different kind of message. So uh, we'll see what we do in terms of the podcast then, but uh, that's where we're traveling and uh, Renata will be delivering part of the message next week. Hmm. Great. So um, yeah, thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Next Steps podcast. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, please uh, like it and uh, share it. Um, please send us your questions. We really want your questions and your feedback. And um, yeah, thank you for joining us and we'll be with you next week.